welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Hear your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred. That great theme music, Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater produced that. Uh, today, we are continuing with our feature of a piece from the 1980s era of radio drama, the original work of Jessica Ramey, who at that time was... Uh, herself a struggling writer, writing about struggling writers while she worked at WBAI's Freeform Radio Station in New York City. Uh, quite a, a wonderful station and a legacy there, and uh, allowed for the production of this hilarious and risque work, Our Life Together Among the Works of Art. Um, it actually has not been broadcast in decades, but through chance connections, here it is on Radio Drama Revival. Um, I don't know that we need much introduction. Uh, you may have heard the piece last week, but I think you'll you'll catch on um, kind of the quirks and adventure um, and, and interpersonal drama here. Uh, we've got three more episodes today about apartment dwellers in New York City. We got the heat goes off, left out, and Jay's birthday. Uh, next week we'll have more as well as a chat with the producer. But till then, let's see what's going on in this little apartment in New York. Time for Our Life Together Among the Works of Art, the radio show that shows you how the Bohemians live. See them freeze in their humble garrets. See them pawn their granddaddy's watch to pay the phone bill. Oh, I wish they would shut the phone off so Mrs. Scrivener won't call me. Editor breathing down your neck again. You know something? It really is cold in here. Are the radiators on? Where I come from, we don't have cold weather like this. I'll just go check. I'll bet the landlord shut off the boiler to save energy like the president asked. Radiators are like ice, do you think? It can't be. Oh, no. The, the heat's gone, gone off. What, what do we do? do? Yes, crisis has struck the little household at 522 once again. The heat's gone off. Will they freeze to death? Will it go back on? Will the Constitution of the United States ever guarantee every citizen the right to a livable dwelling? And the number one question, how can you use a typewriter wearing mittens? Typewriters don't wear mittens. Well, maybe just means those little flowered cozy things like my grandmother used to put over the cookie jar. Uh, you guys can laugh, but I'm a week past the deadline. You listen, if Dissolve calls, tell them I'm not at home. Now, come to think of it, maybe I won't be home. Your secret's safe with us, George, old boy. Put on those mittens and get to work. I did ten pages this morning. Bet you didn't do that well. Well, I wish I could just churn it out like you do, Red, but... Well, I like to think about what I write. Yeah. With me, the creative act is so automatic, I can watch TV while I write. Well, I'm going to make some slow speed. It's freezing. Hey, make enough for two. George, you want to drown our differences in a cup of java? Mm. Hey, where did narrator get to? Probably went back to the control room where it's warm. I don't know what makes you northerners so proud of your part of the world. This kind of weather shouldn't happen to a lame dog in a state of sin. I'm gonna go get a sweater, maybe two sweaters. Oh, mouse face, tweeping, bleeping, slinking, blinking landlord. Too cheap to buy oil. 
They'd rather freeze us out of here like mice. This'll keep the cold away from me. Looks to me like I might still be alive. Where did you get that? In a thrift shop a couple blocks down Broadway. I see the envy in your eyes. It looks like it's suffered, or at least been sick. Poor thing. It's your climate it's driven me to this. It wasn't my idea to buy this place from the Indians. Well, what do I care? I have my animal's mortal remains around me and my electric blanket warming in the next room. Oh, I wish on Boneholder's grave I didn't have to do this thing. I could be driving a cab if I knew how to drive. You gotta get into the modern age, George. Get with machines. Machines are great. You can depend on a machine. Well, I think this telephone is gonna make me miserable if I don't get out of here. Hey, let me get past. I'm gonna make a call. Machines are better than people anyway. Like I don't have to worry about my electric blanket walking out on me. Not at home. Not at home. Who's not at home? Still at work. Must be. Who's still at work? Oh, for God's sakes, Phoebe, do you have to know everything that goes on around here? Can't I conduct my life in privacy? I'm sorry. I really wasn't trying to invade your privacy. I was just curious. I'm sorry, Phoebe. It just gets on my nerves. This, this place is such a little rabbit warren, and it, and it seems impossible to get any privacy. Go to the movies. You're always alone at the movies, even when you're with someone. Well, that's not the kind of privacy I mean. Well, what did we do the last time the heat went off? I think we put a curtain up in the doorway and boiled a big pot of water in the stove. Oh, sort of a sauna effect. Like you can steam up in here and go roll in the snow out in the hallway. Where's that pot Marceline used last time? I don't know where she keeps it. Me neither. Got it. Do you have a match? How much is it worth to you? Ten bucks and it's yours. I'll just use my heat vision then. You could bribe me some other way. Do you want to freeze to death or not? You'll lie me. Always glad to light a lady's fire. I'm not a lady. I think I'll try that call again. Oh, I must be home then. Hey, is that water heated up? What are you guys eavesdropping again? Can't I even make a phone call in here? I didn't hear anything. I couldn't care less who you're calling. God, I feel like a rat in a trap around here. I gotta get out of here. I'll go crazy if I... Cole sure puts an edge on a man's temper. I know I've got the best solution, though. I'm just gonna hibernate with my electric blanket and my bottle of Southern Comfort. He really is mad, isn't he? Uh, he's been under severe strain recently. Leading a double life isn't easy, as you yourself may know. I remember once, uh, that's a long story. No, I'm not doing anything. Nah, that one isn't for public consumption yet. What do you say we burn some dried leaves? Get low, get slow? Mm, will that make me feel any warmer? I don't know, but if it doesn't, maybe some Southern Comfort will. Are you trying to get me drunk in the middle of the day? It's all the suspicion all of a sudden. Don't worry, you won't get dishonored. I'm gonna go find that stuff. If only I would get dishonored. The stuff is pretty good here. Just let me get it ready to go here. Anything to change my physical state is good. <sighs> it is getting cold, isn't it? <sighs> you can see your breath. <sighs> 
Where's that southern comfort I've heard so much about? It's in a secret hiding place. Uh, break out the booze, nothing to lose. You can't leave anything lying around here. Only this morning your wife was complaining that someone had taken two cans of tuna fish from her secret stash in the drawer in the bedroom. No one was supposed to know she had it. Who do you suppose would have known about that hidden tuna uh, fish? I don't know what she keeps in her drawers. <laughs> I don't use her drawers. Yeah, you leave everything on the floor. Hey, what do you care where I leave things? Calm down, Georgie Porgy. I'm getting the bottle. Don't lose control. I'm not losing control. I'll go get it. I'm going to try that call again. Here it is, folks. Real southern comfort. Phoebe, why don't you go wash some glasses like a good girl? Oh, go to hell. Hello? Hi, babe. How's it going? Women these days are so sensitive. Mm -hmm. It's like walking over a minefield. One false step and there's a big explosion. Come on, let's drink to liberty and sorority, okay? Why do you have to be so condescending all the time? I'm not being condescending. You'd never talk to a man that way. Well, of course I wouldn't. Well, then... Well, then, do that a lot, you know. I'll say something and I don't know what I said, and then you'll say, well, then. Like I just proved your point, except the whole thing's going right past me. Well, I think you should catch some of the Boneholder films down at the flashlight. They'd really fit into your thesis. Who's he talking to? Secret. Yeah, well, you haven't let me get in a word I was going to tell you. Now, well, guess. What could happen here? Come on, quiz show, let's go. What's wrong with the apartment? Do, 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 do. No, 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 I'm sorry, Mrs. Anytown, USA, it's not the toilet. Next guess. Hmm, no, no, it's not a gas leak. One more and you're out. No, no, I'm sorry, you don't win the convertible. And the correct answer is, the heat went off. Hmm, is it cold in here? Well, yes, my deductive one, my roommates are even now trying to revive each other from violent attacks of gangrene. So, um, well, under the circumstances, would it be possible for me to... Okay. I'll be right over. Hey, I'll take a cab if you'll pay for it. George scores again. No, Phoebe, I hear the ladies are starting a local chapter. As long as it takes me. Just let me find my shoes. I was just telling Phoebe the rod is scored again. You want a mouse shoved down your throat? Who's he going to see? I'm not at liberty to disclose the lady's name. I never get to hear any gossip. I only learned it myself on swearing I'd never reveal it. Not even under torture? What do you call this? If there's all calls, tell him I'm not at home. He's off in search of heat. I bet my electric blanket is warming up nice and toasty. I think I'm going to retire there as soon as I smoke this thing. It's cold. You can see her breath. Smoke, silly. This reminds me of one time when I was living out in the house in the country. You know how houses down there aren't really heated or insulated too well. But every now and then he gets down to freezing. That night he was cold and the heater wasn't working right and I was all alone in this house. And I was writing all day that day and the cold snap came in. It got colder and colder. But I kept drinking coffee to keep warm and put on sweaters. My hands started getting stiff. So when it started getting dark and it obviously wasn't going to get any warmer, I crawled into bed. Thanks. <coughs> just stayed there, <coughs> pulled the covers over my head, and went on right and shut myself into this little tent. Mm, past the southern comfort. 
It was too cold to even sleep. I spent the whole night just dozing and trying to go on writing. Tune in again next time for Our Life Together Among the Works of Art. Brought to you by the Sirius Magazine Readers of America. The folks who say, it's better to read about it than live through it. Uh, hey, pa pass that over here, will you? Thanks. We all know the heat never really goes off, don't we? Written by Jessica Ramey and featuring... Peter Armstrong as George. Nancy Cohen as Phoebe. Robert Kinn as Red. And Adrian Cronauer as the narrator. Music composed by Maxwell Ramey. Technical production by Miles Smith. Red's Fur Fashions by Eli Zimbo. Produced and directed by Jessica Ramey. And now, it's time for Our Life Together Among the Works of Art, the radio show that asks you to just share our bad vibes for a little while. <laughs> just kidding. This is the show about starving artists in New York, how they live, what they wear, and their struggle against the creeping forces of writer's block. One of our protagonists, Red by name, is sitting at the cluttered kitchen table in the little apartment at 522, and through the miracle of electronics... You can pretend to be there Don't with they him. have their own problems? Well, that's why they want to escape into yours. This writer's block stuff. I know it takes a year for George to spit out a sentence, but I did 11 pages this morning. Also, I solved the problem where the Queen of the Dead wants to return to Earth. You know what she's going to do? She's going to get a job in a dime store. What do you think? I think your novel is not what this episode's about. Well, what is it about? Give me a clue. Look, if you want to know the future, go to a fortune teller. I only work here. Well, I'm just sitting around here waiting for the super to show up. He wants to take another look at the toilet, but he lost his keys to the building. You see? You got a plot right there. Yeah, great. Who writes this copy anyway? Hello? Hey, Julian. Hi, Red. You the only one home? Yeah, it looks that way to me. You disappointed? No, Red. It's always a pleasure to see you. Well, it's a pleasure to see you in that get-up. Jacket. Iron trousers. Shine shoes. What's that thing around your neck? What thing? That long thing that hangs down. It's called a necktie. A what? A neckfly? Oh, you are kidding me, aren't you? You have seen a necktie before? Just kidding you, Julian. Sure, I saw one on a guy once. Except after it went around his neck, it was tied around a beam on the oh, ceiling. Oh, please, Red. Ah, stomach. No stomach at all. So what's the occasion? Did you ask someone out on a date? I went to a job interview. Not content just to file bills by number for the rest of your life? Oh, please, Red, it's horrible enough just to have to think about it. I wish I didn't have to do it another day. So who's a lucky prospective employer? Dinkleberry's Bookstore on 53rd and 7th. Never been inside there. Well, neither had I, but I figured it was a bookstore anyhow, and it turns out to be all religious and inspirational books. 
It's actually pretty weird. I mean, I didn't know there were so many of those books. Those books? Well, they had one called Faith Can Lead the Way to a Slimmer Trimmer You. <laughs> Faith Can Lead the Way to a Slimmer Trimmer <laughs> You? No kidding? How's it work? Well, I only got a glance at it, so I don't know. Maybe through uh, fasting and prayer. Well, any other winners? Let's see. There was one called Jogging for Jesus and uh, you know, lots of inspirational poetry. You know the kind of thing like, uh, When day is done and evening's nigh, the children all abed. I help them say their little prayers and bop them on the head. Really? That sounds like my kind of place. Nah, not really, but I know how you love violence. You call that violence? Bopped on the head? My idea of violence would be if the speaker in that poem went to the nursery and strangled those innocents with oh. a jump rope. You boys trying to define violence again? What have you got against violence? Some people say it's justified in a revolutionary situation mm. simply because the oppressed masses have no other form of power. <sighs> Is this the Phoebe we knew? Oh, I guess I usually don't talk like that. You been that. reading books again? No, I heard about this on television. Really? What station? No, not really. No, just where I was working this afternoon. The mysterious lady. Left side Lil, they call uh, her. Uh, Jul Julian, what's that thing around your neck? It's a necktie. Really? I've read about those, but I never saw one before. Why are you wearing it? I went for a job interview, but where were you this afternoon? At this magazine. It's called Left Out. Never heard of it. Well, of course you wouldn't have read, because it's a political magazine. I've seen it at bookstores, but I never picked up a copy. Haven't you ever seen it read? They've got weird covers, little cartoons of people and factories. Yeah, it's hard to describe. It's a little magazine. I don't know how often they're supposed to come out. It, it seems rather irregular. They call it a non-profit magazine, but broke is more the word for it. They don't seem to get a lot of advertising. So what were you doing there? Well, I met someone who worked there at Cagey's party, and yeah. I told this guy if they ever needed a photographer, they could call me. So this morning they called So what me. did you take pictures of? Uh, wait a minute. I didn't take any pictures. Hmm. You see, the guy I met had taken my name and number, but he seems to have given it to the volunteer coordinator at the magazine, but the volunteer coordinator didn't get the message I was a photographer and thought I was a general volunteer. Hmm. So the volunteer coordinator called me this morning and asked if I could type. So I said yes. I went down there and I typed some articles for them. And somebody started to show me how to mark up things for the typesetter. But he didn't finish. Anyway, he said I was lucky to have met him because usually all they tell new people there is which way the bathroom is. <laughs> but sure I might go point. back there next week and type some more. You're typing for nothing? Well, it's no money, but they couldn't keep going if people didn't help out. They need all the volunteers they can get. Are they going to let you write for them? I don't know. I don't think I know enough to write for them. They're into freedom of speech, printing things other people wouldn't print. Mm. Maybe now I have a chance. <laughs> Anyway, that's why they have to have typists, I guess. Like, I was typing the story that was written by a prisoner, and it was handwritten. He doesn't have access to a typewriter, and the typesetter will not set things that are handwritten. As a matter of fact, she's pretty picky about what she will set. Hmm, sounds pretty unprofessional to me. I thought they just set what you gave them. Well, they don't seem to do it that way. Like today, she wouldn't typeset this book review I typed and told me to take it back to the guy who wrote it. It was a little ungrammatical, and I don't know, she kept saying he changed tenses in the middle of sentences and stuff. Actually, he was a pretty terrible writer. He said things like, However, the protagonist's affectional preference was and is irrelevant to the remainder of the spiraling narrative, for events were superseding him at an increasingly heavy rate. So, there's not as much competition in the world as I thought. Why are they printing this stuff? I don't know if they're going to print that one. Anyway, the typesetter told me to tell the guy who wrote it to clean up his act. So I relayed the message, and he said he wasn't going to rewrite it, that he said exactly what he meant, and I could tell the typesetter to either take it or shove it. So I told her. You know, I mean, I paraphrased it, and she said she wasn't setting it until he rewrote it, and that was that. So I went and told the writer what she said, and he said he'd tell the editor to get her to see it his way. 
Well, that was right before I left, so I don't know what happened after that. Anyway, the editor didn't seem to be around. They say he takes long lunch hours. Sounds rather bizarre. Well, apparently they have a system where everyone gets to participate in making decisions. Why, well, I never heard of that. Sure, Red. Haven't you ever heard of consensus? I thought the government did that every ten years. Oh, no. No, consensus decision-making, when everybody agrees to something. I never heard anybody agree, except newlyweds. Well, they didn't talk about consensus that left out. But the idea seems to be that everyone who works there is partly responsible. Mm. Gee, we should try that in this building. Yeah, Take really. turns fixing things. Speaking of fixing things, where's the super? He lives downstairs. Well, no, he's supposed to come up here and take a look at the toilet. He must have seen a toilet before. Now, Phoebe, don't be flippant. Mm. He works hard. I wish I'd get it fixed once and for all, though. Maybe that's him now. I'll go get it. Maybe he'll have some new poetry. He's a poet? Yeah, he told us last week. It's been working all right lately, but it makes that funny noise every now and then. You gotta be sensitive to these things. I find it helps me to use my intuition to help me diagnose some of these technical difficulties. Oh. Hello, Red. Hello, hello. And, uh... Oh, this is Phoebe, our newest roommate. How do you do? I'm Jesus de Divina Gracia. Uh, nice to meet you, uh... uh I think you just call me the Lord for short. Nah, nah, I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. Just call me Jesus. Jesus, like in Jesus. Hey, Julian, like... <laughs> I don't want to ask if it's too personal, but yeah. what's that thing around your neck? I can't believe this. Nobody's ever seen a necktie before. Oh, a necktie. Yes, I remember. Don't you think that makes you look just a little establishment? <laughs> I went to a job interview. Oh, well, then it's appropriate. They tell me you're a poet. Oh, yeah? They mentioned that? You know, I just happened to Oh, have... did you really bring something? Well, it's just something that I finished this morning and had well, with me. Well, let's hear it. Oh, no, I better not. I can only stay a minute and I have to check. We really it. would like to hear it. Yeah, I've never heard any of your stuff. No, I'll let the man perform his appointed duties. The toilet, after all, is more important than art. You really want to hear it? Yes, we really do. Please read it. Well, I should explain, first of all, that I can send oh, myself... Oh, come on, point ...with a Latin perspective. <sighs> well, all right. Here it is. It's called Generations. <clears throat> The two old men play dominoes at a card table on the sidewalk. They sit on folding chairs, meditating on the black and white pieces. On the corner, the young folks deal with the drugs of their day, their lives, limited to their surroundings. What is the future for these poor people? Who will take care of the old men when winter comes and their eyes grow too dim to see their lives on those damn dominoes? Wow. That's really nice, Jesus. Yeah, I liked it too, though. I don't know, it seems a little too optimistic for me. Do you write every day? Well, I try to put an hour to every morning before I go to work, but it's hard to find time. This building's really falling apart. There's so much to do. Then I had to lose my keys today. I mean, mm. something always happens. But being a super is okay. I get to know everyone in the building, which is good, because I like to do some community organizing, you know? Helping folks help themselves. Hey, listen, guys, it's time to wrap it up. Oh, but Jesus just got here. Well, better take it up with the author. I only work here. Where'd this guy come from? Why is he telling you to wrap it up? This whole thing's a radio play. Yeah? You mean my poem was on the radio? Well, it sure was. Now, if, um, <clears throat> you'll excuse me, tune in again next time for our life together among the works of art, brought to you by the serious magazine readers of America, the folks who say, what is life without literature? And where would literature be without life? Read a magazine today. Oh, no, you're putting me on. This is really on the radio?
And now, it's time for our life together among the works of art. Sit back and relax, or if you prefer, hunch forward and tighten up, as yet another tale about the struggle to be a struggling young writer unfolds. Let us return to the beloved little kitchen at the little apartment at 522, where art and reality have decided to have it out once and for all. As our story opens, we find... Uh, we find... Wait a minute. This can't be the right kitchen. Everything's so clean. But it must be. There's Julian singing to himself and removing a casserole from the oven. And here comes Phoebe, carrying a bag of groceries and a little white cake box. Hi, Phoebe. Did you get everything? Yep. Got the dipsy doodles, the onion dip, two bottles of... Romanian wine for only $1.99, and ta-da! A cake? You got a real cake? What birthday is complete without a cake? In this case, I went all out and bought a Hawaiian cheesecake. Oh, I hope Jay's surprised, pleasantly. You know, I'm glad we're doing this. It's nice to get dopey and sentimental every once in a while. Boy, you really went to town around here. What's that funny smell? It's pine away, a disinfectant. This place is incredible. <laughs> How'd you get that gunk off the table? It wasn't easy. First, oh, I had to go over what with is this that ferocious kind of odor. You. Christ, you know, while I slept, I had this dream that Mrs. Scrivener crawled in through my window. She had me pinned to the bed, and she was trying to chloroform me. She kept saying, You were home, George. You shouldn't have lied to me. Well, I struggled like a tiger, but she was incredibly strong. And finally, she had the deadly hanky over my face, and then I woke up. Too bad. Yeah, but I could still smell the chloroform, and I thought she must have gotten me. What What the hell is that stuff, anyway? It's pine away. I, I did a little cleaning today. We're going to have a party for Jay. It's his birthday, you know. No kidding. Well, what a refreshing touch of bourgeois sentiment. I'll mm. blow up the balloon. No, George, you anarchists, always wanting to blow things up. How about doing something constructive like folding napkins? Oh, my, my, we are going all out. Oh, but Phoebe, these are plain. No horsies or dogs in suits on them. Or... Uh, just fold them like this. Hey, what's that stuff in the casserole dish? Oh, we're having regular food, too? It's a meatless moussaka. It's got eggplant in it. Hmm, I'm impressed. Hmm. Well, you know you two ought to hire yourselves out. Do weddings, bar mitzvahs. Let's see, you could call yourselves, uh... Oh, anxiety a la carte. <laughs> we cater to your worst instincts. Yeah, we could make up a little Marxist menu. Yeah. And do... Hey, wait a minute. Hey, hey, where's that bone holder piece I was working on? I had it right here on the table. Oh, I put it away for you. I snuck it into your room while you were you asleep. what? Oh, oh, Christ, I don't believe this. No privacy, no respect for other people's boundaries. Oh, jeepers, and I even flicked the dead roaches off it for you. <gasps> hey, don't ever do that again. Don't ever go near my room. It'd just better be there. Oh, I just can't win today. Oh, come on, don't mind him, Julian. He doesn't believe in private property unless it's his own. I guess. Hey, people. Hey. How do you spill turpentine? Oh, gee, I can smell it in the hall. Well, Julian, old dear boy, clean the apartment. We're having a party, a birthday party for Jay. Yeah. Party? All right, just let me dig in. Wait a minute. Julian, what's the matter? No. Come on, buddy, what's up? I told you, no. What are you talking about? Look, I know this guy, Phoebe. When Julian's upset, he gets domestic. Get it off your chest, buddy. I'll make you feel better. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you're right. It's just that it's so dumb. It's so embarrassing. Why not? Well, this afternoon I went to this Alps reading. Alps? At, yeah, Upper Left Poet Soiree. 
They have readings once a week in the basement of Our Lady of Notre Dame. Well, the featured poet was this guy, Wendell Randall. He does spacey Eastern stuff with these heavy Western emotional overtones. I'd never heard of him before. Anyway, he started to read in this sad, sad voice. One poem he did really got to me. Oh, so much so that it scared me. I, I remember it exactly. November, a leaf falls. Little old man, my heel breaks. It's spidery spine, my father. Shattering. Well, I liked it. Anyway, before I knew it, the reading was over. I thought I should go back in there and tell him what his poetry meant to me. I should thank him for the experience. Maybe he needed to hear it. So I marched back in, and he was being led out by this pretty gray-haired woman. I guess it was his wife. And some other women trailed behind them. They were gushing praise, you know. And as I reached them, his wife stepped in front of me. Uh, she blocked my way. If I moved one way, so did she. Why? I don't know. I finally said to her, I, I just want to tell Mr. Randall how much I liked his work. And she said, thank you. But I want to tell him, I said, and I moved past her again. And then she, she yanked him forward so that I was behind them now with the other admirers. How strange. Are you sure she was his wife? Maybe she was his mother or his mm, keeper. No, she was definitely his wife. Finally, I got face to face with him. Oh, and what a nice face, too, like a big baby's with this wispy blonde hair floating all around it. And I said to him, I just want to tell you how much I liked your work. And he just kind of nodded and mumbled. Then she fixes me with this laser stare as if to kill me on the spot and yanks him through the crowd. I just can't get over it. I would have been upset, too. Oh, maybe they had an appointment or had to pick up the kids at the babysitter or something. Hey, don't let it bother I you. No, no, maybe yeah. she sensed you were gay and didn't want you to get her hands on her hubby. Really, George, homosexuals do have other interests besides sex. Uh, I remember reading somewhere that heterosexuals do, too. Okay, he's up, Julian. It was just an observation. Yeah. No malice intended. Oh, sure, okay. Uh, look, I've told my tale of woe. Uh, do you think we should make up a happy birthday sign or something? You know, it's hard to imagine Jay as having a birthday. Or having been born at all, for that matter. Now, I see him as arising out of some abandoned popcorn kernel. Yeah, amid the, the candy wrappers and the sticky gunk on the floor of some neighborhood theater in Kew Garden. I beg your pardon. Jay! You know, as it happens, I was conceived, written, directed, and produced by the very woman I spent this afternoon with, my sainted mother. Hey, what's going on here? Are we celebrating something? Yeah, your birthday, kid. This is incredible. I haven't had a birthday party since I was seven years old. Are you oh. kidding? Seriously. Ugh, I remember that party vividly. Red River was on television, and I was trying to understand the intricacies of the relationship between John Wayne and Montgomery Cliff and, yeah. and the way Hawks introduced a strong yeah. female character as the yeah. emotional voice of the two men. Well, the doorbell rang and the room was filled with noise. I was dragged away from the tube and forced to participate in this ritual I felt I'd already outgrown. All around me, these, these uh, children screamed and, and, and ate and, and, and played spin the donkey or, or whatever while I was a million miles away from them, stranded in the middle of Red River. Without a paddle. Gee, what a sad story. You're one of a kind, Jay. I think so, too. Hey, it just so happens that uh, I have half a pot roast in this bag, oh. compliments of mother. So uh, right. why don't I leave it on the uh, table 
here next to that casserole thingy, and we can go ahead and, I guess, party. All right! Okay. Yeah, let me... Mm. Phoebe, a little chateau ghetto. Oh, George, this is so unlike you. Oh, Phoebe, now come on, anarchists like to revel too. We're allowed, it's in the handbook. Hey, how's the whole homestead, Jay? Ugh, Kew Gardens is lovely this time of year. I like to watch the squirrels turn colors, dry up, and fall off the trees. Hey, where's the bread? I want to make some mm. sandwiches out of this pot roast. Oh, we're so all out. I forgot to buy some. No bread? Oh, Did you bad. ever get to see it all the way through? You northerners yeah, are so unresourceful. Just you know, improvise. I've got a square I mean, look at this. Mm. You know. Cut a small well, piece a of pot roast you know. like so, really lay it on a dipsy doodle thusly, dunk it in the yeah, onion dip, and yeah. voila! Right. You have the perfect party I snack. Red's original recipe buffalo dip. Hey, let me try that. 50s films, you know. oh, yeah, hey, it's really, good. Really? Uh, isn't anybody going to try the moussaka? Oh. I worked so hard on it. Sure, I'll have some juice. You know what would go good with this? Horseradish. Thank you, Red. I love horseradish. Let me dish it out. My mother always used to buy it. She'd forget to buy meat. There you go. I never like think. the sound of it. I can mm. never figure out which part of the nice, horse the radish really was. really nice. Is anyone making this? Yes, what taste buds you have. Uh, more wine, Phoebe? It's Thank great. you, Jay. You're quite a gentleman. Where do you think of the wine? I got it on sale. Mmm, yes, I was just reading the label. You know, Freshness guaranteed to June 1981. <laughs> Come on, seriously, mm. what do you think of it? Mm. Mm. Uh, an innocuous little wine with an intriguing metallic aftertaste. I can taste everything. It's all just fine. How is that mouseless mazurka? It's pretty good. Hey, has anyone seen or heard anything from uh, uh, Marceline? Oh, yeah. She said she was going to be away for a couple of days. Oh. Away? Well, now, what does that mean? Somewhere? Nowhere? Do you really care? No, I... Have some more moussaka, Rick. Come on. Oh, God. Thanks, Julian. It was delicious. I'm just stuffed. Well, you know, you think she'd leave a note or something. Oh, well, forget it. I'm just so glad you have a good time. Hey, we appreciate it. Now, what's a party without the lovely and talented marijuana? Woo! Yeah. Take a hit on this. Sure beats that balalaka boujole you've been swilling. Here, Jay, have a birthday toast. I would like to propose a toast to our birthday man. Yeah. To Jay, may he live long and prosper, and someday attain his goal. Wrenching movies away from the masses and turning them into film only to be enjoyed by pasty faced intellectuals. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I have a toast for Red. <clears throat> May he join the Queen of the Dead as her consort in the purple skies of that great lurid novel in the sky. Oh, hey, I got one, I got one. To Phoebe. Oh, no. No, to Phoebe. May she find love, fulfillment, a job, uh, an apartment. Uh, an identity and all the things you think a woman her age would have had by now. Yeah, uh, you. Okay, okay, I've got one too. To George, mm. may he find peace in the arms of the only woman who will ever understand him. La Belle Scribner. Oh, please. Yeah. Yeah. Gee, I kind of feel left out. Aww. Well, I'll remedy that. To Julian, may he rise above the Wendell Wendells of the world and their wives and flutter to the top of the butterfly-eat-butterfly world of poetry. Oh, oh touching, Red, touching. And that brings to a close another episode of Our Life Together Among the Works hey, of Art. Hey, wait a minute. Why don't you just have a glass of wine, take yeah. a toke of this, yeah. have some dip. Yeah, have some of that muscular mess It's Julie a meatless moussaka. Well, oh. no thanks. It's a little late for invitations. Oh, I'm just touching. a convenience to you people. Setting up your dumb situations dumb. and leading you by the hand out of them before you bore the listeners any further with your hey, sedentary you antics. Phoebe? Come on, he likes you. Likes me? He's always cutting me off. Our life together among the works of art, brought to you by the serious magazine readers oh, of America. Oh, Mr. Who narrator, it. oh, velvet voice, master of the airway. Yes. Have a piece of cake. I was saving the cake for you. Oh, really? Of course.
There we go. Feast your eyes Ooh. on that. Look wow. at Murray. Welcome back, Murray. Uh, all right, all right, so it's a day all. Just be thankful Murray never came back. Well, what are they call it Hawaiian? Islands of pineapple surrounded by an ocean of cream yes, cheese. Well, what's that brownish stuff Once sprinkled again, on? Oh, it's our coconut. friends are faced with a tangible, in this case, a splendid looking cheesecake. And what do they do? Are they digging into it with relish? Ugh, pee yakis. No, they're talking about I'll it. give him some cake. Yeah, maybe that'll shut him up. Ah, uh, ah, uh, hold it. Uh, does he eat? Can he? Yeah, we haven't established that yet. There's the, the dimensional problem, not to mention a possible contractual hey, hassle. I'll show you a contractual hassle. Just give me a hunk hey, of that cake. Now, wait, uh, we don't want to set a precedent here. Now, narrators and people like that eating on the air? I just imagine the consequences. Good evening, America. This is Frank, frankly, with the 6 o'clock news and a cheeseburger. Fries at 11. Mm -hmm. Give the man some cake. Mm, thanks, baby. Mm, oh, yummy. come on, you're disgusting. disgusting. What's cake? Brought to you by the Serious Magazine readers of America. I wish to remind you that literature is the handrail on the escalator of life. Oh. Watch that last step, especially if you're wearing sandals. How is it? Terrific. Give me another slice. It's just a slice. This episode was written by Manuela Gregis and featured... Get over Nancy the mic. Nancy Cohen is Phoebe. Manuela Gregis is Julian. Peter Armstrong is Joel. Ah! Robert Kent is Red. Terry Amadei as Jay. <laughs> Birthday boy. <laughs> and Adrian Cronauer as the narrator. Techie Stuff by Miles Smith. Hit tune by Max Ramey. Put on tape at Acoustic Guide in New York City. Produced by Jessica Ramey. Wine from Romania. Murray's Cheesecake, courtesy of Michael Griffin. Hey! Hey! <laughs> and those were a few episodes from our Life Together Among the Works of Art series by Jessica Ramey, produced in the 1980 and aired on WBAI in the days of Real to Real. Now making it to the digital divide here on Radio Drama Revival podcast. So uh, one more time, we'll be featuring this story next week, and then we'll actually be talking to Jessica Ramey, um, talking about the genesis of the series, uh, how that has affected her future work in radio and other media. Uh, in the meantime, remember you can find over 150 hours, maybe more, of original audio drama programming at radiodramarevival.com. You can learn all about the latest audio news by following us on Twitter, at Radio Drama, or search Facebook for Radio Drama Revival. Of course, uh, if you haven't found us already on iTunes, search for Radio Drama Revival. Uh, that wraps it up for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalge. Copyright of individual shows remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's Community Radio. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com as a labor to love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Mm-hmm.